1: Hello, welcome to Mind Rolling, another episode with me, David Silver, and... Me, Raghu Marcus. Two me's. And we're happy that you're listening, because obviously you are. And um, do we have a theme for this podcast? No themes. Remember, we we gave up themes. Yeah, there's no such thing as themes. They're false. Yeah. So we're just going to...
0: We're just going to talk about things
1: we we, that are good. Well, no, I have something. Yeah, you do have something. That's right. No, I
0: have something to tell you. Oh, Um, but uh, you know what? I'm going to play you a song first. Okay. Oh yeah. You want to hear a song? Yes. You like music. called Journey Day. Guess where I'm going? India. I'm going to India. I am going at the end of the summer. And uh, this song gives you all of the background ambiance that you get when you're in India. It's amazing. This is the Bombay Dub Orchestra. Gee, hopefully you could find it on Amazon. Uh, right? Of course you can find stuff yeah, on the Amazon. The iTunes music. Okay. Yeah, I think so. No, iTunes doesn't give us anything. I'm trying to... All right. Um, we, we do need to have advertisements here. <laughs> Jesus, you're making it even harder than it is. Yeah, my brain was working there like a real person, you know. Not like someone trying to push
1: something, but you're dead right. Amazon. Yeah. get Be pushing. Yeah, okay. iTunes
0: is nice but forget it. <laughs> um, Amazon Bombay Dub Orchestra from uh it's a, it's, it's a, actually a music sampler from 6 degree. I bet you can get it for free. Yeah. It's called Journey and uh we love that label. There's a lot of fantastic music on it. Uh so uh but this this is my announcement, my official announcement that uh what are you going to do? Are you going to do these podcasts alone? Uh, no. I could do it from India on Skype.
1: How about that? That's a very good idea because it, you'll be so indian Indianized. Out, Indianized, and I will be the same. <laughs> so it could be, not Indianized, but
0: what I have. more right. likely, is what right. happens when right. you go there. You lose your mind. As soon as you get off the plane, you smell those smells, which is a mixture of... The most beautiful perfumed incense in the world, I mean non-perfumed, there's other the the flower perfumes with the incense Mm. and then you have the rot that's on the streets, you know, from human feces to death itself, mixing in with this Mm. life and this incredible exuberance and you get off the plane and you take a big breath of that and your mind actually gets blown and leaves for however long you're going to be there. And whenever it tries to come back, India actually takes a sledgehammer and smashes the shit out of it. So um, that, that's why.
1: It's just so, I mean, it's so unpredictable. Like last time I was there, I was in Delhi and this doesn't sound like any kind of Indian experience, but I was invited to a lunch at the Italian embassy. Mm-hmm. I went. Um, a very beautiful young diplomat uh, w- Woman, yes, from um, Holland, uh, was doing some work there, and she asked me to lunch with her. I found her on the street; she was completely lost and crying. No, this is it true. No, it's true. And not near Delhi. In, Dili, in, in an where? Older part in um, near where that big market is, Old Delhi. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. She was just uh, you know, and it just she just, just stood out. So I went over to her and said, "Can I help you?" And she said, "Yeah, I'm lost, and I'm I'm late, and." She was just flustered. She'd only been in India for a day. Oh, jeez! Oh, so I happened She's to that, know. You,
0: she, she, yeah. get a taxi, lady. What's the problem? Well, t-
1: <laughs> look, you know. So I, I, sort of knew where the embassies were. I didn't know where, they, and I directed her. So anyway, the thing is, if I had lunch, and I came out. There was supposed to be a car waiting, you know, because you can't drive in Delhi. you people, you know. You get a car, as you know. He didn't come. The driver, a, a driver, and he just didn't come. And cell phone, forget it. Nothing worked. I mean, the cell phone worked, but he didn't come. And it was a little weird because it was hundred and ten that day, and a hundred percent humidity, and there was no shade outside the embassy, and I couldn't get back into the embassy. And it's a really weird part of
0: New Delhi. It's like totally sterile. And yeah, there's nothing. You know, just big, big, uh, yeah, walls, mansions. Yes.
1: So I was really, and I was there for 20 minutes, 25 minutes, 30, like that. And I started to freak out. <laughs> I had no water. I was beginning to get dizzy. Suddenly this other cab comes. Wait a minute. In. What happened to the woman? You, you got her back. She was, she was in the embassy, and then she continued to do some work that afternoon in the Italian embassy. And, and I just left. I mean, I, wasn't, I didn't work there. You I, have to get order a car before you leave. No, but the car that I came in promised me that he would pick me up at, oh, a, at okay. an exact time. So, <laughs> don't worry, I'll be there. Yeah. So, anyway, you know, so he didn't come. And I, but then another car came, another similar kind of cab, and passed me by a couple of times. It's kind of a little square. Then he came, and then he stopped, and he said, are you all right? And I said, well, my car didn't come, and I'm, I'm he said, you're perspiring. And I, said, <laughs> I was really uncomfortable. He said, I'll take you wherever you want to go. And I said, well, aren't you here to pick someone? He said, yes, but I'll be late. I'll take you. Wow. He took me to Vikram's house. Yeah, His, your friend. Uh, you're know, my friend, and our friend. And, and I got out, and I said, how much is that? And he said, no, no, no. You, you appeared to be in difficulties. And... Uh, I wanted to help you. No rupees. No rupees. I offered him a tip,
0: nothing. And then he drove away expeditiously. See, that's the thing. These, it's so it's bizarre. insane. <laughs> you can't get anything in India without bribing. Never mind yeah. paying them what you owe them. Yeah, yeah, I know. But, there, but then again, there are people. I dropped some papers somewhere
1: in Delhi a day later. I didn't know. And then I noticed a guy was very timidly following me. And I, it was weird. And eventually I stopped and walked backwards to see him. I knew he was doing this and I said, "Excuse me?" And, and he said, "Oh, you dropped these papers." <laughs> <Holy> <laughs> I thought he was in a rommie and so paranoid <laughs> stupid western or british nonsense. And he was just there to give me the paper. I mean, I'm not being Pollyannish about it because you know, India's got some very dark sides as we know. Yeah. But I've experienced nothing but, you know, wonderful, lovely
0: love there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well we have the advantage of having a huge family there and we can you know you just make a phone call before you go and then you're you're taken care of as you were and as i have been so but yes uh that's the beauty anything can happen any second in india the chaos and the anarchy is is incredible but for those of you who do end up going of course we'll give a uh well, you know, write to us and we'll give a little prescription about what you should do and take with you and look out for. Uh, and if you're fairly conscious and aware, you're, you're going to be okay, you know. I mean, there are things that you absolutely cannot do that we read people doing and getting in trouble. But, uh, all right, enough of that. I just wanted to let you know I'm going to India and maybe we can do a Skype there because Why not? Why not? Well, not. it it, it depends, you know, the broadband only works in the big cities basically. So, uh but it may it may be better. It's, you know, so there, wouldn't that be a guess? Yeah, I mean if there's a little reduction in resolution, it'll
1: people will understand. Yeah. Resolution, is that the right word?
0: Not really. We're, no, not at all. Um <laughs> <laughs> Okay. What was on your mind there before I interrupted with my whole going? I have no clue. You know, it's just gone in in the ethers. Um,
1: But um, I I had a little. We had a little conversation. uh, My, uh, your wife, Saraswati, and myself. Because I happened to say at one point, she, she said, "I think do that rather gingerly." We're cooking something, and I said, "Oh, I love that word, gingerly." I I just, I'm so glad it came up and I can use it. So we then came up with the idea of five words randomly chosen that we would somehow get into this podcast. And I just promised her a few moments ago that I would do
0: my best. They're written on the, do you, maybe, do you want to do the podcast with her instead of me? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <Jesus>. Um, <laughs> all right.
1: Okay. I mean you d- no no no, I don't want to employ a lacy fair attitude. Lacy Laisse- only- for Lacy fair was one of the words, okay? So we got that out of the way. So, um I don't want to employ a lacy fair attitude to this because people and you are don't want and to be in- jute
0: either. You jute. don't want jute. to be jute. Jute, which means uh, in Hindi since we're talking about India, liar. Jute. <laughs> right. Right. Um but for uh, those of you who are still with us uh, Ragu did read something. Are you ready for this? Uh, on the, um, you know, the. Well, actually, you know, people have been. Uh, we've had some letters uh, around one particular ah, yes. subject. So uh, I was thinking about it, and it's around uh, right livelihood, as the Buddhists would say, or, you know, working at something and still uh, coming from. Not, not separating your life out between your work and your spiritual path, it's all one, there is only one thing going on, uh, and yet people have jobs that um, really are, are difficult in that they support everything that takes you away from being connected in, in a hard place at the very least, or even just being, you know, not being pulled by all of your emotions one wildly, uh, and, mm-hmm. and you get triggered at many many people get triggered at jobs and so on so how to deal with that on the spiritual path but uh so the thing that i saw was uh it was it struck me it was an article around uh enlightenment as big business actually there's some pretty funny things in here um The commodity that spiritual teachers in the New Age sell in the free market is called enlightenment. Enlightenment is intangible and not well-defined as a product. The cost of production and storage for enlightenment are very low, (laughs) and so there's always plenty in the inventory to sell. (laughs) Of course, there's the cost of marketing enlightenment. Still, even with that expense the profit margins for this product or service have the potential to be very large for the established experts or the spiritual teachers. Yeah. Isn't that, I, I love that. Yeah, this is by
1: a, a, a man, a doctor, uh, his name is Dr. Harsh K. Luthar, um, and this was posted just a few days ago. And it's, you know, it's um uh, uh, <laughs> the site is called the Premier Enlightenment Super Site which you know it's luthar.com and um yeah it's an interesting thought you know how to make a living rightly and then if you're you know um on some in some kind of practice is there a way of making a living using the practice and yes there is i mean it's it's really hard to fault all, all these fantastic yoga teachers all over the world who are just teaching you know hatha yoga or stuff that helps people very quickly um and they you know they either take donations or they charge but that's a very fabulous way to make money i think but um in the rest of this article uh mr uh, dr lothar mm-hmm. goes on to say that uh, you know there are spiritual leaders who make a lot of money so called leaders and that's not very um that's not very wholesome and he's right if they're you know taking advantage of people. Now, we've gone into this so many times on this podcast that we're not, we, we, no, this we vowed not to that. go into it. I uh, said it. Yeah, no, yeah. no. This we, isn't we about
0: that. This is about, the reality is that uh, th- any teacher, I mean, you know, should we just to give examples of, of people that we work with?
1: Um. um well,
0: Um. yeah. I mean, just, Krishnadas, he's our good friend, he's part of our satsang, He goes around the world chanting and doing concerts. I mean, he has to have... I mean, he has to live. He has to have an income. And, you know, uh, and we all know, anybody who's been to any of his uh, kirtan concerts, that he is doing it from the right place, meaning he's doing it as a practice. He's not doing it as a job. Yet, at the same time, money is coming. Yeah, Because that is the framework of of uh, most especially in the, in the western world that is the framework from which we need to share uh and uh you know we are required unless somebody was to come along and say you know i'm going to subsidize you being able to go anywhere and eat and have a house and so on and so forth um you know so there's stuff in this article where and he's kind of, uh, you know, railing out. Uh, you know, he is saying that the, the people that are best at this out there are born salesmen. And they, you know, I mean, so then you take someone like Deepak Chopra, who's yeah. got a really huge yeah. org business going. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's all pretty expensive. And the volume of books and, you know, everything that, that's going on there, it's, it is a huge Business uh, I, and Deepak people an can indus- rail an out industry, of it at, you know. It's an industry, yeah, Deepak. right. But uh, the bottom line is, I mean, he is very clear. He is, yeah, he is a born salesman. I mean, he can sell anything, like you know, and uh, Wayne Dyer is another mm. example of this. I mean, tremendous ability to communicate in a way that you know people believe what what you're saying and they want to participate in the ideas that you're projecting. So, but I've heard wonderful stuff from Deepak. I've yeah, heard... Me too. You know, and Wayne has a huge heart. And we happen to have
1: spent time with him, so we're lucky enough to that. And I, you know, in, in my times with, with, with Deepak, uh, I just found him to be an absolutely, uh, you know, his ego is really... In control. I mean, he's just not all over you. He's extremely listens incredibly, and he treats people uh, extremely well. I think, Uh, but his what he what he does, his books and his everything, only seem to be a positivizing influence upon yeah. society that he's perma- he's actually penetrated this one a lot of people you can go to people in the middle of the street in practically any city in America and you'll find people who've heard yeah. of Deepak No, Trump absolutely. And he's, he's good. I I I I think the fact that he's making money is is fine. He doesn't he never says he's a guru or anything like that. He right. does not No, say
0: he doesn't. But well. the but the rea- the reality is that uh we don't know. I mean, there's no way for us to know about anybody. In terms of, is there you know how lost are they still? I mean, teachers are are human beings that they're not at you know they're not siddha they're not enlightened. You know this word enlightenment gets bandied about like it's a yeah. you know candy cane. I mean it the the true enlightenment is by these masters that we know of from the last century, Ramana Maharshi. Swami Nityananda, Shirdi Sai Baba. Kalu Rinpoche. Yeah. I mean, so... Uh, Karmapa, Nim Karoli Baba. Mm-hmm. This is... So... And then people say, well, we're just talking about someone who's enlightened. He's doing the right yeah. thing. Yo, there's a... On that uh, definition, there's tons of people. and And most teachers have that going. Do we know if they're still attached to money and... They are doing things to create more karma for themselves. I mean well, if we don't we, know at the
1: beginning, we know pretty soon after what? because there were, you know there was this case of this guy teaching teaching some kind of bikram yoga, you know um, in the, on the, I guess on the west coast. I don't even want to get into yeah, too heavily. Go there with but bikram it was a, yoga. It, it was a really bad scene, hmm. and it took people a little while, but eventually in, in the kind of media society we're in, someone gets that big. Has that much power over a hundred or two hundred or three hundred thousand people? Get in the press, and then someone leaves the place and says this was horrible. He was a this in this case he was he was a, um, a sexual abuser. But you know, it, there's two types, right? There's people like like Wayne and and Deepak who are you know don't claim anything and and are, are very righteous individuals. We have to know that. I mean, they're lovely guys. Um But then there's this other thing that he's talking about where that, w- you're so right, Raghu, enlightened. That's the the highest word you can possibly use. And to say, it, I mean, you know, someone's a good teacher and teaches me how to relax and how to do various forms of yoga and and reach various states of consciousness. But nevertheless, to call him or her enlightened, unless she or he actually is, is,
0: is wrong. Well, he's not. I mean, he's using that as a catchword, but he... He's, he's, you know, he is railing out uh, somewhat at the so-called, he says, so-called spiritual teachers even appear to lack proper mental balance, suffer from low self-esteem and need to carefully reflect on their actions and behaviors before they go around advising others on how to live properly. So, but, you know, so there are teachers out there that are limited and, you know, they're the lowest level of them is they're more attached to possessions and, you know, sex, drugs and rock and roll, period. And then as you get, you know, as the teacher gets more pure, he's not interested in those things. And that would be the level of, uh, you know, of of, of Wayne or, or, or Deepak in my mind. And they are actually helping people. Period. They, they and the help fact that they're making yeah. tons of money is so what? Yeah, who cares? I
1: mean, they, they, as long as they're not, uh, you know, complete hypocrites or something, we, we they they've stood this the test of time, and you, you know, it's a good thing for people to learn how to positivize their lives in a time like this that we're living in, when there's so much stress and people get worried not only by their own situation but by the world situation. Yeah. It's, it, you know what amazes me? It's like the Navajo said. Uh, I, I was told this by a Native American friend, Navajo said that you couldn't really honestly empathize, sympathize with people who you couldn't see from your teepee mm, if you were yeah. living on a bit of a rise on a hill, you know? Yeah. You see sort of like 25 other teepees with children, I think maybe, you know, 100 people. Now we're knowing when a building collapses in Bangladesh or in, and, and we know... I mean, in other words, it, sometimes people say to me, oh, it's terrible, there's tornadoes and monsoons and t- cyclones all over the world. Well, we know about them now. They've always been there. Are they worse? That's a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. I myself um, don't want to sound like a, a fuddy duddy here, but I'm yet to be convinced that like, the tornadoes in Oklahoma are any worse than they were 500 years ago. I don't know that. We don't know. There are just people
0: living there now. <laughs> so that's a whole other tack to go on, well, which is what do we believe is true. I think that in your case, fuddy duddies <laughs> might not know.
1: No, I know this global warming. Look, I'm the Chinese call al- you fuddy duddies. know. the Chinese alone put 1.2 trillion tons of of carbon into the atmosphere in one year, which was 2012, I think. Well, <laughs> you know, so I mean,
0: I think uh, America puts more into it. I, no, I think China's in the lead in this.
1: They've got the gold medal, I think. Uh-huh. Now we've reduced. No, the United States. Since that, that you know, the, that conference, um, Kyoto, they've reduced their carbon uh, by, it's by about 6%, I think. So th- there is, because of wind farms and solar and God, there is some hmm. improvement here. China and India are the main mm. God,
0: problems India. here. Do you know that once I was in a taxi in Delhi, this is before they cleaned it up somewhat, and... Um, I wanted to, I had a beedi, a little Indian cigarette, and I wanted to light the Beattie, and uh, I had a lighter that wasn't really firing up, it was Indian, right, I don't know, maybe it was out of uh, gas, whatever, so I flicked it. And that thing lit up like a torch in the taxi. There was so much carbon dioxide. Oh my God! I want to go back. Yeah, but I mean, India's trying to catch up. This whole
1: thing, yeah, They want to. They, they want to be like nothing. They want to okay. be like us in terms of you know.
0: Uh, oh, oh. Having horrible. water
1: coming through the taps and yeah. the lights working and everything. You can't blame them for
0: this. Yeah. No. You no, can nothing. if you want to blame you know. them. I, I Nothing's going to help there. All right, let's, um, No, let's but I wanted on. to go back. B- yep. not moving on. I want to move back. Okay, and I want to. Ta- if- <laughs> I want to talk about. We talked about these enlightenment businessmen, all right. And he calls them enlightenment businessmen instead of spiritual teachers. Yeah. Um, but in terms of it being obviously these people, all of us. We all have jobs of one sort or another, and uh, it's very easy for any of these, you know, quote-unquote spiritual teachers, they can certainly, their whole job is to work on themselves, right, so that they can be more present for people and elucidate the thoughts and philosophies that they have in a way that people are going to uh, get uh, help, right? That's so they are connected completely all the time with working on themselves, we hope, in in as many cases as possible. and you know, having humility and having awareness and having knowing that you do need to connect and see the world through your spiritual heart and not your mind and ego. And the more you can transfer transfer your vantage point, then of course you're going to be in, be able to integrate with the world in a much more peaceful way and and, con- and and much more of an offering to whoever's around you. So this is easy. They're doing this supposedly, right? This they have the opportunity because that's all they're talking about is that stuff. Right. Which is, you know, working on ourselves and that's all we're talking about. But now what about uh somebody who is working either at a menial job or even worse cuz menial isn't That that's almost, uh, you know, you can put on some headphones and listen to our podcast while you, you know, cut the grass or whatever it is you're doing. Um, But I'm talking about people that are in a job. Let's talk about somebody who's in a job, he or she is in a job that they love. They love this work, but they're in a really bad environment. The people around them are so self-interested. And looking for, get- we've experienced it because Dave and I worked at uh, Mercury Records uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, many years ago. And all around us was, were people who, um, completely antagonized by each other, wanting to step on it and get ahead. So you were dealing with this really basic first chakra survival kind of stuff and third power all the time so let's say you're you know we love music we were protected for various reasons um that made it quite easy and enjoyable for for dave and i back then we're going to do a whole show on that, and we'll we, talk about that. Huh? Yeah,
1: but we knew, I knew, you did too, but in New York, I certainly knew people who would come to me sometimes and say, I can't take any more of this, and, and they were really good people who loved music and wanted to get music out to people. It was really that. Yeah, they wanted to get a salary, you know, they wanted to get paid
0: but they were great people, so you're dead, right? The, you, so you know, how did, they, how do, what did you say to them to be able to well, just have some that, awareness that you, I, that you kept it, you know, unless it was so oppressive, then of course you, you people well, one, need to one, leave. Well, one and, was tremendously oppressive, which
1: was a matter of sexual harassment. Yeah, and uh, So else. that, you know, that, but that's, that's, you know, exactly in a way what you're talking about. That obviously women, but also men, you know, get, get that problem coming at them, particularly if they're young and they need the work so people are do take advantage and what you, what I told her mm. was quite simple i said uh you know go to the president of the company uh, chairman of the board and tell them
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the, she and she said she told she threatened him and he did the classic thing which was I said, i'll deny it i'll say whatever oh, and then okay. i'll you lose your job but i told her to do that uh to to absolutely do it but in other cases which are less you know i think the thing is you 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 just Learn how to be present, grounded within this job. Uh, see that these people have their problems. Their problems are not your problems, except in the way they deal with you. But what, what the reason they're acting in a certain way is their neurosis is not, nothing to do with you. And if it becomes over a certain point, actively visualize getting another job, even if it's less money or not quite the same thing, think about moving on and, and keep working, keep being present, right, and pray. <laughs> just pray and say, "Oh God, please help me get out of this job into a better one." I, I, I think
0: I want to back that off. That's like, okay, this is so horrible, <laughs> so bad. Uh, please save me. I'm talking about just more because the impression I'm getting is more about people who are um, there's just a lot of oppression well, within what- their circumstances. But so, so uh, it what is it all? It all boils back to. If you don't have a framework that everything that happens to you in your life is perfect fodder for transformation and moving on and becoming way better at not being not sticking to thoughts, not sticking to other people's bullshit. If you you need that framework, absolutely that's the okay. first thing that has to happen if you're to feel like you're you're integrating your life, your work life, your home life with so-called spiritual path which again there is only one thing and it's a matter of how do you integrate them and it has to be from the point of view of understanding that it's all this is all stuff for transformation yeah it's so all we'll grist for the mill grist for the mill okay i have another advertisement <laughs> yes go for it do you know that grist for the mill has been out of print for years one of uh ramdas's uh uh, older books and has some great information to help you get to uh, d- um, relate with what we're talking about right now. Being able to be in the workplace and still be conscious and not get lost. So there is a lot of great information in there, and it is going to be uh, coming out in January, February, March, first quarter of two thousand and fourteen. We just finished up g- updating it and mm-hmm. so on. Uh, Ramdas just gave it the okay. And I'm um, happy about that. Oh, that's great. Because it's a great book. It's, it's, it, it
1: hits the nail on the head of what we're talking about. You know? I mean, we get letters. Um, we've got letters and emails and stuff from people who actually, a few people have framed it this way. Uh, I'm, I, I have to work really hard at what I'm doing. And they, I don't have enough time to concentrate on spiritual practices. It, it would be easier, you know, the implication being it would be easier if I could just do it and not have to worry about making a living. And, you know, I mean, that's the dilemma that everybody has. What's the worst thing that happened to you at work, any work, any time? Um, oh, one time uh, I, I, um, I was working for MTV as a consultant. They wanted me to uh, shape the History of Music Videos. Uh, and MTV had been around 14 years at that time. This was 1995. Hmm. And uh, so I, I, I did this and I went to MTV. Uh, I mean, I went to their offices and worked there. And I decided that uh, the idea that they'd come up with was, was, was dull, which was, you know, it sort of starts with Thriller or something. And I said, no, that's not true. It starts with Gene Kelly. It starts with Fred Astaire. It starts with when music and visuals came together in American movies. Mm. I mean, and they were brilliant. So it ultimately started a long time ago. So I suggested this to um, the head of MTV actually. And he said, great, what a great idea. I like that, Do, go for it. Mm. So we started production. However, there was a producer already assigned to this show. And um, she was furious that I'd come up with this idea because the other idea was hers. Mm. and she uh, said, you've got to not do that idea. I said, but John says it's a great idea, and he is the head of the company. She said, you shouldn't have gone to him. I said, I'm sorry for that, but, you know, we've got to make a change here. That's why I was brought in. And she said, um, over my dead body. No. I said, what do you mean by that? And she said, um, <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you persist in saying, A, it was, uh, you, uh, you want it in, and B, it was your idea, first of all, if it's going to be in there, you've got to say it's my idea. I'm telling the absolute crystal clear truth here. I so said, I'm not going to do either of those things. It's not your idea, but who cares? We're a team. Now we we'll work together. And she said, Well, I'm going to um, make a charge of some kind against you. I've got to think about it. But it'll probably be some kind of harassment. Holy shit. Yeah. You know, I had to get a lawyer and everything. And you know, she was just full of malice. She was like a demon from. The far side, you know, and she made no bones about it. She said, I, "I will make your life a misery unless you do these things to not make me look, diminish me at this company." Mm. So this was MTV, you know, Viacom. And uh, what I did was I, I completed the assignment very quickly because it was up to me how long I took to make. And I wrote it and gave it to them, and I just said to the people there, "I don't care, don't, no credits, no nothing. Just I don't give a shit, you know. Mm. Just pay me." And they did. That was very bad because it was like a creative, you know, thing coming into contact with a an ego, as you said before, those lower but chakras. A,
0: but a, yeah, real coming from a demonic place, yeah, a yeah. place.
1: I was just I was really very interested about it. They asked me to do this job, come up with a better idea than we have, and I did. That was, but that's at a fairly high level. At lower levels, um, you know, uh, when I was a teenager in England, I did some very, very humble jobs like cleaning the streets sanitation department and uh, that could be quite brutal i remember people just yelling you were a garbage yelling. man I, I was for 6 weeks yes jeez this is brand new news <laughs> yes yes it was it was weird. It's, not I, it's, not. <laughs> it's not on your resume it's not on no it was the worst kind of garbage because they wouldn't give me the uh, the big trucks or anything like that oh, but there were there were hand you the no big no ones. but there <laughs> were these hand trucks that had like a motor on them and you pulled them with <laughs> With sort of a stick. And it, was, it worked, you know. And I had a crew of four guys. You All were right. running
0: a crew Well, of the things.
1: reason for this, even at the age of I actually was 17, was the other three guys were, were uh, given some kind of leave from um, uh, uh, Homes for the criminally insane. <laughs> <I see. laughs> insane. Okay, they were nice guys, but occasionally they would wander off. and you know but but no seriously when i was working on that very humble job there was a guy above me who used to yell at me all the time relentlessly yelling and being vile and i just it made me totally miserable and i you know and i've had we've all had experiences of being treated badly at work and the thing is is it's different times now because it's hard to get a
0: job So, when when it's easy to say, yeah, just quit and move on, it's not you're supporting a family, that's not possible. And then you're dealing with people with demons, and yeah, I mean, or even maybe not as bad as that, it can be pretty bad if it's just somebody who is so unconscious that they're making your life miserable. And, um, I mean, for those,
1: uh, Raga, one gentleman wrote to us very seriously saying, you know, it's all this is all very well, but. You know, I, I, I really, my job. I'm oppressed by my job, and I can't. You know, and the, all we can say to that kind of person is, is, "You've got to put into practice the practice when you're working. You can't, you can't, you know, sort of bifurcate between this is my work and then I'll go home and meditate. Use the work as the meditation. You right. have to, yeah. and you have to embrace it, and you have to have compassion, even for that guy with the the face as red as a beet." Yelling at you for something that he did, or some horrible thing, or somebody you know, treating you very badly. Uh, you, it's, it's kind of fun, isn't it? To just go, Okay, I'm going to be compassionate towards you and not get angry and not go home really depressed. I'm going to use this thing as a, a very, leap, leap very forward, difficult, very extremely difficult, extremely difficult. But what is the alternative? The alternative is, is, is there are hardly is one sick, ones. being miserable and
0: sick. You yeah, know. That's, uh, yeah, so I was uh. But tell you what happened. What what was the worst thing? Well, as uh, well, you were a teenage garbage man, right? Yes, and um, I was a teenager, and I couldn't get a job. And I, so I asked my dad, "Can you give me a summer job?" He said, "Okay." And he had um, a uh, color separation business before digital or anything. You would actually have you had these huge machines that uh, that uh, did uh, the separations that were necessary to create film to print. And this one particular machine was given to me to operate. <laughs> <laughs> and it had... Uh, so the top of it was a glass, a special glass. I mean, the thing cost $20,000 or something. It was a special glass that... Um, you know, it. you opened it and the top was glass and then there was more glass uh, where you would put the, the uh, whatever picture, whatever it is that you wanted to separate, you know, make, create separations for it. It would, it would photograph it and so on and so forth. So I, why they gave me that job, I don't know. But it would just press on, lift the thing up, put the thing in, pull down. And I must have got distracted or something, but I... I think I pulled it too hard. The entire thing went into small glass pieces with the lights. It was like a dynamite went off. Okay. And the guy that ran the place that had happily was a partner of my dad. And he happily gave me this job to please my father. Talk about a face turning red and his eyes popped out and, um, I was I was completely utterly devastated. That's the first real job that I but, ever but had. But I mean the this is ruined Ragu,
1: me. You deserve like some real heavy punishment for that. I mean it's not like we're talking about people who are doing a perfectly good job I mean, you were useless.
0: Totally, absolutely, and <laughs> I never got a job after that. Uh, I'm not you know, surprise, a real jo- I haven't had a real job since then, since I was nineteen years old. Well,
1: you know, th- but seriously, this gets back to like a core thing of 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 the guy that wrote to us, which is, you know, back in the day. Um, we had freer lives back then because the economic situation was looser. Most of us came from upper middle class homes of some kind. We weren't struggling as teenagers or, or middle, middle class. Yeah, you know, middle class. Okay. So you know, there was a fluidity. I think that we we had both culturally because of everything that was happening in the sixties well, and seventies.
0: Well, now it's tighter. I mean, people. Well can't when, dis- you're al- when you're in your twenties, you still have the same options that we had. You know, f- really? who cares. Yeah. As long as you you know if you have a if you have a family and children then you know you've got but if you're alone and you're a young kid popping around New York or wherever LA I mean you, if if there's something like that comes up you can dump it now if you're very all right you know which is what we did I mean I worked you sure. know, I was I worked at a radio station I worked for the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation and media you know that's what I was doing from that early time but then I spent years not doing anything right so, uh, I think if you have the freedom to you know to, to do that, then then there is more, more opportunity not to take that kind of bullshit that if we're talking about.
1: Yeah, if you're single and and yeah, and you can you can be more devilment, you can be more. But devil, you know, you are better. right
0: now. There's far less jobs now than there was back then. When you you know talk about, I think back then what few percent of people were out of work. Now it's seven and a half percent. Yeah, whatever. and not so, only
1: that, it's it's a lot of the jobs that are available are not jobs that people want. You know, they just don't want to work at Burger King because they have, a, you know, a high school diploma or even a degree. I mean, it's pretty dire like that. But if you don't have a family that you, you know, have to support, it's obviously still possible to be somewhat of Anyhow, a this free spirit. It's it a is.
0: tough thing, this whole thing. I it mean, is. you really just said it. I mean, if you are faced with some horror, uh, like the kind of person that, that came on to you, uh, if you're faced with that kind of yeah. stuff… And you, and you don't have the opportunity to leave, and you're there day to day, it's it's so easy for, you know, schmegeggies like us to, and fuddy duddies uh, to get on the air here yes. and say, you know, get into your spiritual heart, get balanced, see everything as a way for you to transform your life yeah. when you're in the midst of getting screamed at. And, and so, you know, uh Well, it, I mean,
1: you know, yeah, right. But I mean, even so, you can't argue that it, if it's a situation you actually can't get out of, you're there, you've got to earn the money, you've got to pay the rent, you've got two kids, whatever it is, what do you do? I mean, you can't just you know leave and you can't necessarily allow yourself to get sick because you're being oppressed or, or being really downright cheated you know then the, that's when uh, that's when the rubber hits the road in terms of spiritual practice i mean it's like you have to use it
0: well i, I, mean, I don't want to
1: preach about it i'm just saying that what alternative do we have here
0: yeah no where are you going to go with it you know you're right where are you going to go with it you're going to just succumb to it and and be a, you know and live unfortunately a very very angry uh and um Solitary life, because I, you you no, can't I refer, I mean, connect with anybody uh, yeah, after you get yeah. the. But at the same time, <clears throat> I think we have to recognize the difficulty of it in general, yes. and the difficulty of just uh, you know creating a practice for yourself that allows you to be able to handle this kind of stuff in a much different way and see it from another vantage point. And for for everybody, and you know, I'm, I think the people that were talking to us about bringing up this subject of right livelihood, uh, you know. I think they all had kind of regular jobs, and it yeah, did. didn't sound to me like there was a lot of oppression. Well, if that's the case, then absolutely you need to be responsible for uh for cultivating awareness yeah. you know through meditation, whatever it is that yeah. you do it doesn't matter and and cultivating the idea that everything that happens absolutely is an opportunity to transform yourself any you know and so I th- I think then there's no excuse. I mean it, it, that that is absolutely um, primary for to be able to integrate your you know your work and your home life. I mean relationships aren't aren't much different. I mean they can be really wicked, right? And we all know how difficult that is. Have we said enough about this? Yeah,
1: Well um, we can come back to it some other time. But there's only so much you can say about it. I mean because people have their own exact contours, you know, where they work why they're working, whether they have to work there. And if they have to work there, then you know all the teachers from, the, from gurus to self-help teachers all say the same thing. If you learn how to meditate for 20 seconds and then two minutes and then five minutes and 20, whatever it is, meditation as a basic form will help you deal with
0: some of this horror show. And here's what this gentleman said. I don't know if it's completely up to us to decide what our part in the spiritual circus is. I like that. We should not be overly judgmental, but simply use our rational intelligence in evaluating the spiritual scene. This is, by the way, it's Harsh Luthar. It's the same guy we're talking about who, you know, enlightenment is a business. We're we're coming full circle here. Despite the force of circumstances, this is, an, you know, I like this line. If we stay aware and devoted to the heart, the true inner guru, I feel we'll be okay.
1: It's what we just said. Yeah. So what's it's so big a, about that? <laughs> he validated it. Yeah, <laughs> I know.
0: It's wonderful the way no, that he put no, it. He's right. The spiritual <laughs> circus. Um, we, oh, that's a great name. Spiritual Circus. Yeah. Um, And, you you know, you just... uh, Well, we're
1: mixing two things here, because we're talking about, you know...
0: We're talking about right livelihood, though. Right livelihood. Well, we're talking... And he, he brought this up about enlightenment as a business, and these people, as far as he's concerned, many of them it is not right livelihood because they are uh, using abusing using and abusing people by taking advantage of them in one form or another which obviously does go along go on big time in the west
1: it does but on 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 the on the counter side of that what I was saying before is that there are so many on much smaller levels who've got yoga studios and various small small enterprises that that really do help people in the community these people know, all over th- all over the world and they they're not they're not impure and, they're, and if they are it doesn't matter because they're just teaching a simple th- or, or well, that no, let's say it's, it matters but there are, i just we've both met many people who teach yoga for instance, who are just delightful people who make very little money at it actually but keep at it and they they continue to have classes through years and decades and people go to them and and improve their disposition enormously yeah so on that so that's on the contrary when anything gets big you know when anything gets big you know it stands a chance of being weird because the person that's making it big is obviously motivating some kind of let's get bigger type of well the
0: problem is when it's you know people that are talking about being enlightened yeah it's That enlightened so that business becomes um, very pernicious if the motivations are completely askew. Yeah, so that's why that business becomes a really tough business because it's ill affecting so many people, and it is not right livelihood. And boy, you really are creating karma, and uh, Mm. you know it's not much different than people who are running these huge corporations. And completely abusing the system uh, out of greed, I don't think there's much difference between that guy, you know, who's running, you know, Goldman, and another guy who is, uh, who, who is coming at teaching spiritual life from a completely askew place, and people are getting hurt. If they're I don't getting think, hurt, yeah. if they're getting hurt, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's the criteria. If you're hurting another's heart. Or in any way hurting them, then you're 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 not on any kind of right livelihood, no matter what the surface yeah. picture is.
0: So right livelihood is yeah. If you just bring to it, you know, a love of what you do and some awareness is a is a great start, I think. And that's uh, you know been my my own personal experience um, and been very fortunate. And we're gonna we're let's talk about. Um, Probably not now because we're at the end of our little show here. But I would like to talk about our time at Mercury. I mean, we had some amazing times. Yeah, it was great. And uh, this is about 20 years ago. And it went on for about, uh, oh, three or four years. A
1: little longer for me. Cause it, right, you were know, there was, a little yeah, before. It was about f- almost five years, actually, because I was at Warner Brothers before then. Which, and this is all involving our friend Danny Goldberg, mm-hmm. uh, who's a very, uh, very enlightened
0: <laughs> We should have. We'll have Danny CEO. on here. <laughs> we'll have Danny on here, and yeah. we'll uh, play music from, uh, you know, what we were doing at that time. Yeah. Um, so... Okay. Do you have anything else you want to talk? Um,
1: well, uh, yes. I have to get these words in for your wife, Sarah. Oh, right? no, please. So, yeah,
0: the can. words are,
1: uh, we got laissez fair" and uh, bomb was another one. So, this, we hope this podcast has been a bomb to your soul. And the other word, which we can't use, is "gana." Ghana. Lovely country, but I just thought I'd mention it.
0: I could play you Ghanaian music. That would please okay. her tremendously. Yeah, but I couldn't find it. So. Okay,
1: so that, uh, so uh, Amazon um, is is a, uh, you know... A,
0: oh, you're going m- to push Yeah, now? I'm going
1: to do an Amazon thing <laughs> right now. Because, look, and people are doing it. So thank you to all of you who, who buy your things through our banner portal on mindrollingpodcast.com. When you go to our actual website, you will see banners for amazon and audible.com. Amazon, you can get almost anything at, and we get a small percentage, which helps us do this. And audible.com, the same way. Audible.com is the number one spoken word audio um, company, and you can find almost anything on there. And Things we talk about, they're on there, on many of them. Ramdas and Pay My Children and, and millions of other things and novels and everything. So
0: Go uh, to the site, and you yeah. can just link to either Amazon or Audible and it'll help uh, support what we're doing here. And he's right. We do appreciate it. And um, it's important to, just to keep the whole ball rolling that uh, this support means a lot to us. So please do. And you can get a T-shirt. Oh, did you, did yeah. you finally get your T-shirt? No. David is I, here right now, I'm, folks. I'm so. looking for them around the place. Okay. Uh, we're, as soon as we get off, uh, we're, I'm gonna, I'll give you a T-shirt. Yeah. Do you have, though, $20? I I do somewhere. Okay, Um, good. All right, so that's uh, all it is for today. And, you know, let's keep these mind rolling. Keep your mind rolling with Mind Rolling Podcast. Love to everybody. Bye-bye.